You're listening to American Songcatcher, tracing the roots of American music from its cultured past to today's artists playing it forward. I'm folk musician Nicholas Edward Williams. Today, we proudly present the first installment of the Local Folklore series, where we're collaborating with artists to share some of their deep-seated musical history in different locations throughout America. While most of the artists that we cover throughout the seasons are well-known across the country, there are countless localized traditions that have provided the container for those artists to flourish and therefore deserve their time in the limelight. First up, we're bringing you the works of Derek Peter, a folklorist and musician who's been in deep research about a particular family of tradition bearers from Avery County, North Carolina, that have a lineage to Frank Prophet, a key figure in Appalachian old-time preservation who was born around the turn of the century. Derek curated a compilation concerning this family called Last Wisps of the Old Ways, which intertwined field recordings that he'd made along with archival recordings of the family's lineage from the Library of Congress. Here's Derek. ...have to do with my grandmother, who I was always really close to as a young person. She was just, like, extraordinarily vital and... Um, lived unassisted until the time of her death, so she was like a really strong, charismatic presence in my life and was never feeble by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but even so, when she was 89, uh, I was 17, and I had just gotten my first cell phone, and I kind of had this thought of like, she's not going to be around forever, um, so I started to make some covert recordings of her on my like first flip phone, it had like a voice memo feature. So I was the life of the party. Is your mother gonna be there? Tell her to get some jokes up. So I'd come in and tell all these silly jokes <laughs> to these girls. And they'd be rolling on the floor laughing. wasn't something I did terribly often, but around 2008, I started making my first recordings of her. And then two years later, she called our house phone and it went to voicemail and I picked up while she was in the middle of leaving a message and we had like a whole conversation which got recorded onto the voicemail. Uh, and when I played that back, I realized that I could like preserve moments of her and I interacting and not just these little clips of her or whatever. So it kind of became more of a habit and I would start recording her on my mobile phone during our visits, which were frequent. So it wasn't like every single time that I would go over to her house, I would record her. But like if she was telling a joke or she had like a really weird story she was sharing, she, she had some outrageous jobs when she was younger. Um, I made an effort to preserve those, and I never really thought I would do anything with these recordings. They were more for me. Um, but she ended up passing away at 99, so I had like 10 years of recordings of my grandmother. And the minute she passed away, I realized that actually I did want to share some of these recordings. And so I made this album called Avia in 2018, and I set some of her um, recordings to like string quartet and organ and saxophone and harp and piano, um, kind of as a threnody to this woman's life.
and I didn't really realize it then, but I was sort of pre-training my brain to think about uh, archive work, folklore work in a way, autoethnography, which is where you go beyond just taking field notes about the recordings and you link the actual field work to your own emotional life and perspective. And then flash forward like a year and a half, I'd begun listening to some WPA recordings that the Library of Congress had uh, released, um, taken in the 30s, and one of the recordings that stuck out to me was made by Dr. Herbert Halpert of a woman named Lena Turbyfill. The LF part, North Carolina. It's a banjo piece, and the name of the Sourwood Mountain. Chickens, corn, and Sourwood Mountain, hey-ho, diddle-um-a-day, get your dogs and we'll go hunting, hey-ho, diddle-um-a-day. My true love is a blue-eyed daisy, hey-ho, diddle-um-a-day, and if I don't get her, I'll go crazy, hey-ho, diddle-um-a-day. And I thought Lena was a really extraordinary singer, and she came from a little town in North Carolina called Elk Park. But uh, aside from those facts, there wasn't a whole lot of information or audio available on Lena. Uh, most of it was still on the shelves of the Library of Congress. So I wrote the library and I sort of put the steps in motion to obtain these recordings, uh, visit the library, and listen to them. and discuss with the librarians digital transfer of the recordings so that I might curate them and release them because I thought this woman had such a special voice she deserved to be more widely accessible to people. I was certainly very curious about her and her life and her voice. And then COVID happened so I couldn't go to the Library of Congress at that time. My trip was planned for like March of 2020 which was a blessing in disguise because I ended up getting in touch with her family and in particular her last living daughter, who was still alive at the time and was still living in Elk Park. So I went out to visit her in July of 2020 after a lot of phone calls and planning. And uh, it became really clear that my experience with Lena's daughter, whose name was Nikki, very much echoed the work that I'd been doing informally with my grandmother recording her memories, recording her stories. Dixie climbed up in the tarot so high and saw her, her father come riding hard by. Oh, father, oh, father, can you blame me? Oh, Wiggins has killed your baby. I did some more field work while I was down in North Carolina, sort of organically. Uh, I met some other people associated with the family and recorded them, and that was sort of the first spurt of what would eventually become the Fieldwork Archive. I also ended up going to the north of the UK in the summer of 2021, and I had gotten more used to the idea of trying to record people, and so while I was in the UK I made a great effort to find some source singers and go to farms and retirement communities and record longer living people. And I got a wide variety, everything from ballads to uh, music hall songs to play party songs uh, to little fragments of children's songs. Rise up, my young fellows, rise up with a will. For your horses want something, their bellies do fill. Now when four o'clock comes, boys, then up we do rise. And into the stable we merrily flies. With a rubbing and scrubbing, our horses I'll vow. 
that we're all jolly fellows that follow the plow. So that was kind of my next big expedition uh, of collecting this material. And then when I returned home to New England, I live in a pretty decidedly unmusical state, uh, Connecticut. Helen Flanders, who had worked in Vermont, spent a lot of time collecting in New England, but there was not a lot available in Connecticut. But um, I like a challenge, so I, I started to look for some source singers in Connecticut, and I found a few. Would be a good example of, of a New England. New England, perfect one would be a Road to Boston. Mostly I've done a lot of collecting in the American South and the North of UK and uh, everywhere I go I try and put some sort of letter to the editor or open call in a local newspaper or magazine asking people to write in and contact me if they if they remember old songs and so once in a while that that has yielded some fruit uh, I had this one woman Sandra Noble get in touch seven months after my collecting trip in the UK. Well, I'd placed an, ad an advertisement in this little quarterly called The Dalesman, which is like everyone's mom or auntie gets this little quarter page magazine in Yorkshire, and um, she somehow got a hold of the copy with my letter to the editor in it and, and emailed me, and then we had a WhatsApp call. And uh, her grandfather, I guess, was a sea captain and knew probably a bunch of old songs, but she went to live with her grandparents when she was about three, so this must have been one of the only kind of sanitary songs that he could sing for. But anyway, she sang down WhatsApp for me this song called I've Worked Eight Hours This Day. 1876. And do you know the name of the town that he was born in? Robin Hood's Bay. I'll say it here as, as I remember it. Patsy Dooligan, he went to school again. He went to the barbers to get a penny decent shave. He had lovely whiskers on, Galligan whiskers on. I'm glad that Barber he did behave. No, bad that Harbour he did behave. He talked and he I've put my feelers out for this kind of stuff, and it's accumulated to the point where I felt like I could put my entire archive online, so I decided to found the Fieldwork Archive, which is a website which has audio and sometimes some supplementary media associated with each song. Like, you could go click on any individual song and hear the person sing that folk song. I'd gone to the Library of Congress in person finally just this past winter in, in January of 2022 and um, I was tracking down this ballad called Lambkin. One of the recordings that I'd been after was on this wax cylinder and it was sung by a man from Kingman, Maine named um, Adam Morris and the Library of Congress cautioned me that it may not be in the best sonic condition but then they had the listening station set up for me at the Library of Congress and I heard the recording, and it was in good shape, of this ballad from 1934 in Kingman, Maine. I was working on a compilation at the time that I wanted to include this recording in, and uh, the best way to do that sort of thing is to get permission from the informant's descendants, whoever's still living, that would give family permission to allow you to use the recording. That's sort of the most ethical way 
uh, you can work with older recordings. So I set about looking for the descendants of this man who'd been recorded in the early 30s on wax cylinder. And I ended up getting in touch with his granddaughter, whose name is Lorna Morris Sear, and she lives in Connecticut as well. Her family had traveled down from Maine and, and settled in Connecticut, so she only lived about 45 minutes away from where I was living. She actually had no idea that these cylinder recordings existed, so it was like a big deal to hear her grandfather's voice again, but she can remember him singing Lampkin on the porch in Maine. Her father would play harmonica uh, along with any ballad that her grandfather would sing, even kind of the stranger ones, but one recording I really like a lot is Lorna remembering that uh, her grandfather would put her on his knee and sing Froggy When According, and that's pretty much the only thing she would voluntarily sing for me. Another one I really like that sort of surprised me, when I got back to Connecticut, I was doing a lot of work with longer living people, meaning that I was going to assisted living communities and nursing homes and retirement communities. And I've been friends with a nun since I was 10 or 12 years old, Sister Frances, and uh, she works at one of the retirement communities that I uh, was interested in speaking to, which is part of why I went to her nursing home, because I had an inn, but I didn't find any music from the residents that day. So when I was at her office at lunch, I was explaining my disappointment, and she ended up singing for me a couple of Polish hymns uh, that she's known since she was a, a schoolgirl. And uh, one of my friends in Poland said that although they're very common in Poland, they're, they're extremely uncommon in the States. It's like unbelievable that she would know these Polish hymns or carols. And she has a really nice voice, Sister Frances. So although my emphasis is on non-singers, and I'm always looking for people who singing is not necessarily their milieu, it's always such a treat to find someone who actually has a really decent singing voice. All right, well, I usually start out with the person's name and where they grew up. Okay. Uh, Sister Frances Smolkowski grew up in Jamaica, New York. Puish me if she sit stajenki do Jesusa i panienki po vitaimi Malinkego i Maria Matkemniego, povitaimi Malinkego i Maria Matkemniego. She's all dressed in blue. I look down, saw her track. Wish my one was you. Wish my one was you. Yonder comes a pretty little miss. She's all dressed in blue. I looked down, saw her track. Wish my woman was you. Wish my woman was you. Yonder Anyone that's listening to this that has their own story or song or fragment or memory or may not think it's much of anything but this weird song that your uncle or father used to sing, I would love to hear from you and document what you might remember because the goal of this project is to celebrate memory as much as celebrate music. Uh, these things won't be around forever and are worthy of preserving.
people say a man is made out of mud. A poor man's made out of muscle and blood. Muscle and blood and skin and bones. A mind that's weak and a back that's strong. You load six. That's all for the first installment of the Local Focal series. Huge thanks to Derek for sharing his work with us and for doing what he's doing. You can find links to listen to Last Wisps of the Old Ways, his entire fieldwork archive with more than 200 recordings, and all of his work in the show notes. Toward the end of season two, I mentioned that we're raising funds for season three. The best way that we can get sustainable funding is if we can get you, our thousands of listeners, to contribute a dollar a month on Patreon. I know what you're thinking. Why are all these free podcasts asking for money? But seriously, how could you not support for as little as a dollar a month? It would make a big difference in our lives. Set a reminder, make a note in your phone, or do it now so that you don't forget at patreon.com slash American Songcatcher. That's patreon.com slash American Songcatcher. Our intro song is Payday by Mississippi John Hurt from the Today Album. Our outro song is 16 Tons, performed by Tennessee Ernie Ford, originally written by Merle Travis. This episode was produced, edited, recorded, and distributed by myself, Nicholas Edward Williams. In the words of Frank Prophet, to all of those whose mind reaches above the hard facts of life, does a ballad have its meanings. Here's to the songs of old. May they live on forever. See you next time on American Songcatcher. If you see me coming, better step aside. A lot of men didn't, a lot of men died. One fist of iron, the other of steel. If the right one don't get you, then the left one will. You load 16 tons.